Hi, everybody. Let's just give it another couple of minutes while we wait for uh, the rest of the people to sign in, fill in. I guess there is no sign in. People just kind of click on it. It works. All right, well, let's get started. So welcome everybody to the Pool Together Community Call. This is every Friday at 11.45 a.m. Pacific time. Um, I'm your, I'll be your MC for the day. Uh, Leighton's still out uh, with his wedding and uh, we'll be back next week. So we'll, we look forward to his return. So this week we'll have a, a few updates and then we'll move on to the, um, uh, the swim meet after. And the updates this week are a number of exciting things. We have finally launched pods, which is exciting. Uh, we've soft launched Binance pools. QuickSwap has incentivized the pool ETH pair on Polygon, and work continues on Pool Together v4. In terms of governance, the buyback pro program has begun, and we have a proposal to bring the pool rewards to Polygon. That's a lot of P's, hey? In terms of press, we presented at the Smart Contract Summit that Chainlink is running. That was to uh, 3,000 uh, um, uh, viewers, which is great. It was a really good exposure for Pool Together. And then finally, we have a reminder to vote on the latest proposal. This is still open, I believe. The snapshot is still open for probably another 20 minutes. Uh, so if you haven't already, make sure to get on it. So, so starting at the top, pods. Let's talk about pods. Um, this has been a really great effort uh, by the team to get pods integrated into the flagship UI. Previously, we had it on pods.pooltogether.com, and that site is still up and serves as an open source interface that people can fork and change and edit as they want. That code is available on GitHub. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to integrate it into the pooltogether.com app so that it is a cohesive experience, so that all Pool Together products are brought under the same umbrella. And so we're really excited to offer that. And what was funny is I hadn't looked at it in a long time, but the, the um, uh, deposits have gotten really big. So the die pod is now up to just under uh, $1.3 million, which is pretty amazing. It has a one in four chance of winning. So I wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple of weeks we see a die pod pick up a few prizes. For the USDC pod, because the USDC pool is so much bigger, I believe the USDC pool is still about $100 million, uh, its chances are one in 22. But if you're a small fish, that is still the best place to put your money. You will likely receive a win in the next couple of weeks. So we're pretty excited about that launch. I know Dylan's been responding to some of you in the chat. We are still adding features to the pods integration. Um, we essentially launched the minimum viable product just to get it up, just to get things going uh, so that people can start playing with it, start testing it. And, um, and actually, I believe we have a die prize in nine minutes, and so we'll get to see if the die pool wins. This will be exciting. Um, looks like we've had quite an influx of uh, um, 
die deposits. And so, in fact, I was wrong. The die pool is now down to one in five. And so it looks like the die pool has grown, which is exciting. So we'll get to see that in a few minutes. So something else that some of you may have noticed is that we now have Binance Smart Chain pools in the UI. So if you open up the pool app, you now have Ethereum, Polygon, and Binance. And if you select Binance, you can see that uh, a few prizes are available. And so we've integrated two. Uh, we've integrated Cake and the Binance token itself, but uh, a wrapped version, WBNB. So WBNB makes sense because it's essentially like Ether for the Binance Smart Chain. It's the base asset that drives everything. So it, of course, we should have a pool for that. And then the second one is Cake. And Cake has a ridiculous APR. And so we thought it'd be a fun token to uh, provide a prize for. And that Cake pool is rewarding in eight minutes. The Cake pool is a daily pool due to the high APR. And the Binance pool is a weekly prize pool due to the lower APR. So we'll just let the Binance pool build for a week. But the Cake pool will be awarding in seven minutes. And <laughs> the prize is $2. But then again, transactions are so cheap that that'll be worth it anyway on the Binance Smart Chain. So we're really excited about that launch. Um, it's kind of a soft launch for the time being. We're, we're working with partners to see if we can get some faucets going for it and get some drips going for it. Um, and we will announce that when the time comes. But for now, uh, we're just launching the pools as is. And we're happy to uh, finally be have the flagship on Binance. So that's pretty exciting. Um, next item. So QuickSwap has incentivized the pool Ethon pair on Polygon. QuickSwap swap has proven to be um, very, uh, I guess, um, much embracing the Polygon ecosystem. So they, they want to encourage us to get on Polygon as much as possible. And so it's uh it's really cool that they want to um uh increase liquidity for pool eth pair um and so they've actually they're now um uh, liquidity mining quick i believe on uh on that pair so by all means bridge your pool tokens over and provide liquidity and you can start earning quick and uh and on that note i'm just going to jump around here a little bit there is a proposal right now to bring the pool rewards to polygon um, i encourage anyone who's interested to get involved in that i think um, it's going to be an interesting effort to install some faucets. We do have the Wmatic rewards right now in the Polygon pools. There is about one more week left on, or sorry, two more weeks left on those. And um, I believe we'll be able to extend them for something like another week based on the uh, Wmatic that has accrued in the meantime. But we, uh, we ideally will uh, start thinking about adding another reward. So um, that'll, be, uh, that'll be useful to see once we um, move the rest of the Matic over. Um, so Mikkel made a good point. I have just, again, mentioned that work continues on Pool Together V4. This is an ongoing update. Uh, we are really heads down on this right now. Pretty much the entire team is working on this. And um, it's looking good. It's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to roll this out. I, I can't wait. Ideally, I think we might have a prototype to show you guys for the dev call next Wednesday, which would be a lot of fun to showcase. Um, nothing public to play with, likely, because it'll be in a very primitive state. But... Uh, ideally, we'll have something that we can actually showcase so people can see. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, in terms of governance, the um, one major thing that has happened that is concrete in the last week is that the buyback program has begun. And from what I've heard, it's executed its first buyback. So actually, I'd like to invite Regis. Regis, would you like to speak to that and talk about how the buyback, buyback program is working? Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> Well, we were issued the SC USDC, which is the sponsorship USDC. So we had to unwrap that to get our USDC first. 
Uh, and then we executed a buy on August 3rd. Uh, we got 1,224 pool tokens at a price of $12.25 each. Uh, the Dune Analytics site was a couple days behind for some reason when we went to make the buy. Uh, so the, the 15000 that we spent wasn't exactly what the reserves are, but it was pretty darn close. So, And uh, we'll, we'll make another buy uh, sometime this week, or at the beginning of next week sometime. Excellent. Yeah, I don't think it has to be Perfect, perfect. As long as it's yeah. generally following the reserve capture, that's good. Um, and uh, what AMM did you use? Did you use Uniswap V2? Yeah, we, uh, the Gnosis uh, DAP has a, a few apps you can use, and we checked around, and uh, I, I believe it was Uni. I think Uni had the best price. Cool. And now we see that the token has gone up to, I, mean, I know we're not supposed to talk about the token, but this is quite relevant to the buyback. Uh, the token's already gone up, so this has already been a very successful buyback, which is great. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see how this program works, how it continues. And you know, it's interesting. Um, I think it might be worthwhile to bring up. You know, forgive me, Roland, if I'm um, you know uh, introducing this too quickly, but we have been exploring uh, Crypt.io, which is a crypto accounting software, and it lets you easily track all the. Um, uh, expenses and revenue of a given uh, address and then tag each of the expenses accordingly. Um, and so we've added the pool together DAO smart contracts to it and as well as the, uh, the, uh, the buyback multisig. And so what's cool about that is that we're gonna be able to soon have a ways of looking at um, expenditures and revenue uh, for the DAO, which is, which is very, very useful. Um, Actually, I want to invite Talsky. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Do you want to um, kind of give a quick intro on that? Because you're uh, you're heading that up. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so right now, uh, as Brandon said, we have the the pool grants and the buyback multi six dropped in there, and uh, I, I've just started to kind of tool around with the, with the data, uh, trying to figure out you know interesting ways that we can talk about things. Uh, how do I share on here? There we go. Screen. Hopefully you can see something. Yep, you can see it there. Cool. Uh, so this is my uh, initial, like, just looking at the buyback. On the left column, you have the whole 100 USD. On the right column, you have the effective USD value of the pool that was bought back. Um, just trying to see, like, what we can do with the data, because it is just one buyback. Uh, worth of data. I'm thinking sometime, you know, once more happen, I could probably bring in, you know, more like a time series analysis of it and say, okay, here's all those buybacks we brought, had, and then compare that to um, the price value of the pool, which I know we don't want to talk much to, but if it's just a line on the graph, you can't really talk too much about that in terms of specifics. Um, I'll probably have to pull that from CoinGecko because uh, Crypt.io doesn't have daily pricing. They just have the uh, cost basis and pricing of whenever the transaction happened, and the pricing is a daily average. So sort of interesting. Um, going on to uh, the grants, uh, this is the pull grants on the, the treasury value on the left in terms of how many there are and then 
as you go on the ride, we go through the weeks to see what was paid out in terms of funding and what was paid out in terms of staff. Uh, the, the light green is the funding and the light purple is, is the staff. Morgan and Blake and Andy, Gabor, all them. Um, we're, I think we're halfway through and we're, we're roughly uh, halfway through the, the grants treasury. Uh, about 54% of it was used, 40% went to grants and 14% has gone to the staff. Uh, handy little pie chart. Simulating the same thing, um, broken out into all of the different um, grants that were applied for and funded. Um, there is a section, this 14% this in the light purple, of different grants that uh, aren't yet into the uh, funded their uh, notion page. Um, I think it's the last two weeks of funding. Uh, but but most everything is following within like a two percent of the um, treasury. That in a minute. This is taking out the uh, the treasury, so you can just see specifically the different grants that were funded, and then the purple order of what has been paid out. Uh, going into kind of the argument between whether or not we should have pool or USDC uh, in pool grants. This is illustrating that we should have USDC. It's not a 100% accurate chart. Um, the purple bars are what we paid out in USDC. And if there's a green bar on top, that means that when we paid it, we paid less pool than we would have at the start because the pool value in the line was worth more. The green bar is under it. We paid more pool than we would have if pool value stayed static. So effectively, since pool has declined for most of grants, we actually ended up paying more pool than we anticipated, which uh, Torgan touched on last week. Uh, and then just kind of going along with that, just seeing you know how many grants that we, we do on a weekly basis. It's a relatively regular number of two to three. Um, interestingly, I, I don't know how, how in-depth pool grants gets into like a weekly budget, but they've, they've kind of stuck around 525-ish pool a week, uh, with one week being exceptionally low and a couple being a little higher. Uh, so that's what I have thus far. Uh, so let me quit sharing. There we go. Um, any thoughts, questions? Well, I think that, yeah, first of all, I, I just got to say, I love those graphs. That's especially the the change in pool price. That's really fascinating to see how uh, um, volatile grants can be by not having any stable coins. And, and also, just as a side note, I love the memes. The memes are great. Just a little tossed in there for fun. That's awesome. Yeah, big shout out to Oops for providing his uh, all of his pieces of art that I could just kind of steal and toss in there. Mm -hmm. It looks um, really good. Really thanks. cool. Tell us guy, really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I wondered if, uh, I put the question in the chat, but I wonder if Lama, if the Lama community guys would uh, find that data interesting, if they could uh, pick it apart a bit more for us. That's a good idea. Any, any more insights they can find, idea. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, Roland, it might be worth reaching out to them and just kind of offering them even just maybe give them access, they could read it. I'm, you know, it's the funny thing about Crypt.io is that 
it currently isn't really designed for public reporting, but um, they've had so much interest from DAOs like ours that they're now considering opening it up a little bit more to making it more DAO friendly. Because of course they've they've done the reporting for Ave, but with Ave, their what their use case was was that Ave had a crypto treasury, uh, like a corporate crypto treasury, that they needed to then uh, essentially export into Zero and other accounting tools to um, fulfill their reporting obligations in terms of like, you know, government tax. But in terms of uh, DAOs is that this is more about tracking funds, tracking expenses, um, and also providing it, this public data to all the, uh, the DAO members. So it sounds like they are interested in bending in that direction. So um, I'm sure if we keep pushing that they'll, they'll start adding features to, uh, to help, that, help with that. So, um, but needless to say, in the short term, it might be worthwhile, um, uh, Roland, to invite, um, um, oh, what are their names? It's all pseudonyms, isn't it? Uh, Accelerated. Yeah, Capital. and we have hey, to, uh, uh, yeah, this is a brave new DeFi or. Oh, they're here. Oh, hey guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're here. So we, we'd love, yeah, we can, we can definitely take a look at the data. We, we actually just developed some financial reporting capabilities for Ave. I don't know if you guys saw that at all as part of our um, work over there. But yeah, we can definitely take a look because it'll help inform to like our, our, some of our further analysis. So that'd be good. Sure, this, uh, not this weekend because I'll be out of town, but uh, early next week I'm planning on getting the rest of Grants Treasury in there, getting everything identified because they do have a way that you can name the contracts. So it's a little easier to read. Um, so I'll also throw you on the docket in terms of things I'm going to try and do next week. Yeah, Thank for sure. Much. Cool. Sounds good. Um, so that actually pretty much wraps up a lot of the announcements we had. The only last piece was to uh, vote on the latest proposal. That is still going, um, even though it is now heavily weighted towards the uh, approval side. Um, you know, just full disclosure, I, I had to step in this week just to make sure that this passes because of the exploit protection and uh, just security concerns there. So, uh, but nonetheless, I encourage the snapshot vote. Always good to stay involved. Um, and it's good to have a record of uh, engagement. So I'd say go ahead, go ahead and get involved. Um, but I do want to open up the floor if anyone else has anything they want to add. Any, any new announcements, any updates, any integrations? Hey, this is uh, Brave New DeFi from Llama, and I just wanted to share an update on our progress so far. Fantastic. Um, so we've started doing our research. We have a framework for the report. And so far, we've looked into Maple Finance, UMA, uh, Cream V2 Iron Bank, Jellyfy, Ondo Finance, and we're looking into Ruler Protocol. So we're going through and exploring the different products that are available through those protocols and coming up with some strategies. Um, that we can explore a little further, come up with some calculations and model some of that out. Next week, we are going to start talking about tokenomics. Um, we'll look into pool drip and and uh, some of the buyback strategies, though we're looking at that right now with some of the research that we're doing. Um, and we know that with PTIP 27, uh, as you've been on the call too, that you know buybacks are effective now, but we'll also explore other possible strategies uh, related to buybacks as well. Um, and then I just wanted to say congrats on launching pods. That's a, that's a huge thing. So if there's anyone that has 
any questions for Lama or um, anything that you would like us to look into, you can let us know on the call, or we also have an update um, in the Treasury channel as well. Excellent. Thank you, Brave New DeFi. Really looking forward to that. Really appreciate the updates as well. Um, it's cool to see the progress and also know where your head's at, what you guys are thinking about. Anyone else want to have anything? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just, yeah, I was just going to say, if anybody hasn't read uh, Lama, Lama Community's AVE um, management vision, I think they called it. There's a post for it. Um, I can link it in the chat, but they already did it earlier. It's super interesting, and it gives an awesome insights, in, as far as I'm concerned, at uh, DAO treasury management in general. So uh, I think uh, any of us that are, especially for the grants committee team, and anybody that's managing the treasury should read this um, just as a primer for the kind of stuff that they're thinking about. I think it, I thought it was uh, super interesting. It was awesome. A bit long and technical, but uh, worthwhile. Hey, McCall, were you uh, involved in the, the Bankless DAO pod deal? I don't know. If oh, yeah. Really yeah, I can talk about that. that. Yeah, if you don't care, I, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I was going to leave it for swim meet, but I can do it now. Uh, so another link here going into the chat. There is uh, a proposal on the Bankless DAO uh, community forum now, uh, quite an in-depth proposal for their uh, community pod. Um, but the basic gist is that they are just polling their community, asking them um, whether they want to do it or not. Um, the result seems to be overwhelmingly yes, they are interested. They've got 30 votes on that proposal so far. So they, on the bankless side, they just need to decide um, what pod they're going to go for or what pool they're going to go for for their pod. Um, and we can hopefully implement that from them, get deliver them a front end, share notes already has one actually um, on the go. So yeah, looks like uh, looks like bankless may have a some sort of pods uh, hopefully soon within the next couple of weeks or so. I think they're leaving it to their community for a week just to gather interest, and then they'll put the vote out on the pod and. Yeah, looking good. Yeah, I read through that proposal on their uh, governance site, and it was super in depth. They were actually talking about dripping some uh, some of their governance tokens to the pod. I don't know if that's possible, but that yeah, was really I was, interesting. I was asking uh, Brendan and Kims about that. Um, don't think the pods support that directly, but they're they could use other protocols. Uh, uh, drip mechanisms is that right, Brendan? You said that they could use some other some other. Mechanism yeah, to do that. absolutely. So, yeah, with pods, pods are, are um, uh, pooled token distributions baked into pods. But what you can do with pods, because pod shares are fully fungible, i.e. you can put your pod shares, you can put them in another contract, dig them out later, and you'll still have access to all the prizes, additional prize shares that you've won. So what you can actually do, and I believe Synthetix has a staking contract that is an emissions contract that you can use, um, is you can take your pod shares after depositing and then go stake them again into something uh, in order to get whatever uh, tokens out of it. The only drawback or maybe benefit to Bankless that Keynes pointed out is that the pool token that is distributed through the pod shares would then go to the contract in which you staked. And so what's kind of interesting about this is that Bankless, it would almost be a trade, like they could do their emissions for the Bankless tokens, and then they would get pool tokens in return, as long as they could sweep them from the staking contract. So um, it might be worth uh, pointing that out in their proposal uh, as an option. 
I, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be. I'll a, point that out to them, let them know about that option, and uh, they can maybe do something, uh, do something on that end. That's probably a more interesting option actually than you know just doing the the dual drip, the double drip. Hmm. <laughs> and my and my. Yeah, exactly, because it gives Bankless some uh, uh, skin in the game in terms of pool as well, which I think would be really cool. That'd be an interesting partnership uh, to be ongoing. And they've, but they've been plugging pool together uh, all over the press, which has been great. Um, lots of online presence there on Twitter, and uh, as well as their podcast, of course. So that's been a really good uh, uh, partnership. Actually, so thanks, thanks a lot for bringing that up. I know that isn't solidified yet, but that's a really important thing to talk about. So I'm glad you raised that. Awesome. So, yep, thank you. That's all I've got to say on the bank list. Great. Now, I feel like we're we're pretty much ready to switch over to swim meet, unless anyone has anything else to add, because now that we're kind of bleeding into community things, community items, we can definitely do the switch over. But when is the full switch over? Is that 1230 or is that 1215? I think that's a gray area. Just yeah, to... it always depends. Okay. Well, uh, you've got a question in the chat, though. Oh yeah. Right, let me pull it up. I've been kind of going all over the place. Question is, what is the plan for the level of the grand prize of the USDC pool when the new version is launched? Layton was saying currently every prize has to be the same, but this will change a new version. Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. So for V4, the, what the prototype is so far is it's going to be tiered, and so it will be structured such that we will have um, a number of different prizes for each tier. For example, grand prize, 50%, let's say, arbitrarily. So that means if there's a $50,000 prize pool, then the grand prize will be 25K. And then each subsequent level down will be, let's say, let's say the next prize goes out to 10 people, and we can split, let's say, 20% of the pool across those 10 people, and so on and so forth, almost ad infinitum. Like, we actually have a incredible amount of flexibility here so this will be a lot of fun to uh to start playing with and experimenting with and i'm actually really looking forward to seeing how the community wants to um shape the prize distribution so this is something that's been asked for for a long time and um especially now with uh, the ability for us to launch on binance and polygon and other chains it won't be so prohibitive for users to pull their prizes rather than have the prizes pushed to them this is the big change that is going to unlock than this uh, unlimited prizes is that users will have to pull their prizes. But you know what? It, I think it's actually going to be, excuse me, going to be good for engagement because users will come back to the site. We're going to have potentially thousands of prizes. And so there will be way more winners, but we will still have the big headline grand prize, which I think is really important. We still eventually want to have that life-changing money. This is not simply about like, oh, let's just, just re redistribute interest in a boring way. Like we want to still have the big prize but at the same time we want to have a little dopamine hit for everyone you know even if it is a hundred dollars thirty dollars and so um we're really excited to launch this and uh, and see how the community takes it so and there are a few other tricks up our sleeves too but <laughs> we haven't tested them yet so we don't want to reveal anything um but uh but needless to say we are excited about the multi-chain future so that's gonna be a lot of fun i was gonna ask if you could kind of explain a little bit how that the multi-chain or uh, cross-chain liquidity is going to work well i mean this is a theory um i've been wanting to sit on this but i mean i'd be happy to discuss it with you guys a little bit because 
governance is going to have to play a bit more of a direct role, potentially. Um, so how this could potentially work is that, like I mentioned, this tiered prize distribution, what we can do is we can mirror this distribution across any EVM-compatible chain. So that means that users can hold tickets on Polygon, uh, Arbitrum, Optimism, you know, Binance, but we can actually push out this distribution across all these different chains. What that does mean is that governance will need to move liquidity as necessary to fulfill the prize on that chain. So for example, if we have sold X number of tickets through Binance, and we, we'll, we'll have to compute it off-chain, so we'll need likely uh, some scripts running, and, um, and Dylan has, has some ideas around how to use Cloudflare workers to do this, but we'll basically need to compute the required liquidity at that chain, and then make sure that there's enough, there's sufficient liquidity there. So this is where things get interesting, is how to cleanly execute this, because we'll need to ideally move fairly quickly, so we'll need a way for um, um, governance to at least delegate some of this liquidity moving power to uh, different members, or rather, let's say safes. But these safes should not be able to move the liquidity outside of certain constraints. Like we need to set up some rails to make sure it's just back and forth between two spots. Um, so in that sense, it'll be very easy. Yeah, I know, Mikkel. It's, it's, the thing is, uh, but it'll, it will be amazing. Like imagine if when you come to pool together and you have this massive prize pool and you select what network you want to use, you just pick, well, I've got USDC on Polygon. By all means, go for it. And, um, and so what's really exciting about that is also is that we can start deploying on other EVMs without needing to bootstrap liquidity. We can deploy to, say, Phantom and it will automatically have um, a connection to the main prize pool on Ethereum. And what we can do then, which is interesting, is that we can still maintain sponsorship on Ethereum for the big whales that are wanting to juice that pool token, but then we can push that liquidity out to other chains. And so it allows us to, if, if we are able to figure out a way to securely on rails move liquidity between these different chains, it'll give us massive scalability and allow us to start um, uh, broadening our reach to every single EVM compatible chain. So it's, um, I, I'm personally incredibly excited about this. I think um, I do like the proliferation of prize pools, but I, I don't like the fragmentation of liquidity. I think um, our DAO's job is going to be managing liquidity and uh, managing our treasury. And so um, I think there's a lot of potential to um, um, make the biggest prize pool in the world. And um, I'm super excited about it. And not only that, but we might not actually have to move that much liquidity around. Um, for example, if we have, let's say, let's say um, Ave is on Polygon. Let's say we want launch a linked prize pool on Polygon. It will be generating yield by itself. And the yield will be uh, proportional to the amount of deposits in that pool. So likely, likely users claiming their prizes will be able to pull from that liquidity. Um, and if we need to, we can push more to it. And if no one's won, then governance can pull that liquidity and then use it elsewhere. So ideally, we won't have to do that much once, it's, um, once we have sufficient interest built across all these different chains. 
So um, that's that's my current thinking on it. Um, I think we there's I think it would be fairly not straightforward, but I do see a path to doing it, technically speaking. Um, and eventually we will be able to automate it because there are some really interesting uh, technologies coming online, namely optics from Celo that will allow us to do uh, cross-chain messaging, which is, which is really what we need, is we need a way for a smart contract on one chain to talk to another. Um, and if, if we can do that, then we can also do this almost entirely permissionlessly and trustlessly. But I think um, short term, it makes sense to, uh, we're just gonna need basically executives. We're gonna need some people um, to manage this with certain constraints, uh, ideally, uh, that, that code puts in place. So, um, yeah, the, it's, that's a bit of a brain dump to a lot of people here, probably. Um, but uh, needless to say, I mean, at least the, the thing that we know for sure is possible is, yeah, exactly, Mikkel. So the reserve will act as a buffer. So wherever the, so the, well, basically each, each prize pool on these different chains effectively will have a prize reserve. And governance can pull from that, governance can push to that. And so ideally, as they fill it up, they'll simply pull from that rather than um, um, sort of constantly us like having to refill this buffer. But if they happen to win the grand prize, yes, we will have to fill that buffer. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, pretty cool, hey? Um, I, I, I think it's going to be awesome. And, and yeah, Gabber, I mean, the thing is, I want to make sure that we have a concrete design for this before going to public um, because, you know, I don't want to launch, or like, you know, uh, basically, um, we want to make sure we can execute. So we for sure are executing on the unlimited prizes. This next stage of the cross-chain pools is slightly more theoretical at the moment, um, but I do see a pattern, I think, that we can execute on. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're working our way towards that. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. I don't want to commit to anything too early. Do you want to strike that conversation from the recording? <laughs> I mean, does, does anyone listen to these other than us? I mean, the, the, the committed, the people, the pool together people are here now. So I feel like um, it's not that, that big a deal. Um, so I, I think it's fine going out. And, um, you know, and if, and if anyone's famous. <laughs> if anyone can execute on this better than we can, by all means, but you know we're going to be the ones launching this. We know how to build this, and so we're uh, we're going to be the first, without a doubt. But um, uh, does anyone have uh, any questions on this? A lot. <laughs> yeah. Um. My question, or one of my questions, was, and I've asked Leighton this before, and he gave me an answer, but I forgot exactly what he said. Um. How does the migration here work for between V3 and V4? I remember Leighton said that it's going to probably be governance driven so is this going to be like the mother of all p-tips to upgrade the, the v3 contracts you know um leighton is so diplomatic i really appreciate that that about him and and he's absolutely right in that um i mean technically speaking it'll be cleanest to launch a brand new pool because this requires a fundamental change to the ticket contract the ticket contract is the reason for all the gas woes. It has a very complex data structure that allows us to select a particular ticket. Like say, for example, if the supply is a million, we can select ticket 999,400, something like that. So um, doing a migration would be challenging because essentially it'd be a token swap. And not only that, but some of the prize pools 
use, we, we tried to make them as protected as possible, meaning that you cannot add a new token to the core prize pool. So there's one possibility here of bolting on um, a kind of an additional piece onto the existing ticket, but it will make gas costs prohibitive. And so that change is likely best for people that don't ever want to touch those tickets again, basically. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's possible, but I don't think it's ideal. Um, and not only that, but we do have, well, there are a number of integrations with the existing prize pool and switching the existing pools from the push model to the pull model might uh, break a few integrations. So we need to be very careful with how we approach this migration for the existing pools. Um, we do not want to uh, upset anyone that's, that, has, that expects otherwise. Because as a consequence of the pull model is prizes will likely have to expire. Um, granted, that expiry could be like six months. It'll, it can be a very long time. Um, but it is a very different expectation, a very different structure than the current pool. And so our inclination is that it's much cleaner to have um, a brand new prize pool. And since uh, there's potential here to launch on uh, low transaction fee chains, um, that might be the best migration possibility. So um, perhaps not the answer everyone wants, but it's, um, it's, it's, I think it's the most honest one in terms of what we potentially have in store here. I think the precedent set with the past iterations where you guys just kind of open up new pools entirely. So that, that makes sense. In terms of the push, would we be using like EPMS to notify or is it just trying to get people to log into the site? For the short term, likely get people to log into the site. Um, however, oh yeah, you know, this is another announcement maybe we neglected to mention, but Pool Grants has recently uh, funded a gentleman, Tiago, that is going to be working on a design for a native app. And what's cool about a native app is that imagine, imagine we do it iteratively. So the native app grows in complexity. The minimum viable product here could potentially be an app that simply tells you if you've won or not so that you get the push not notification to your phone. I think this would be a very, very compelling first step to move pool together into a more um, sort of, a, I guess, native app world. And beyond that, you know, it's, it's yet to be seen how we would uh, further make it more and more sophisticated because we do have so much um, legacy pools and pods and all this, all this awesome stuff. And you know what? Frankly, we're going to continue to use the V3 pools. Um, they're solid as a rock. And, um, you know, especially now with the, the C4 audits is that they're even better. They're better than they've ever been. Um, and, um, and some people like that, you know, some people might want the prizes just pushed to them. It's a very simple model. And that's why we went with it initially. It's, it's kind of the best UX in a sense. Um, but at the same time, going in and claiming your prizes, we can, we can make that a very exciting experience um, and still keep the transactions fees low on other chains. So, um, so anyway, to, but to answer your question more directly, I think um, short term, people have to check in. Uh, longer term, um, I'd love to see a native app or a, a potential EPNS integration. How does uh, price splits work with all of this? Oh, they still work. They're, they're, um, so the, the V4 is uh, building on the core periodic price strategy, which includes you know standard RNG requests, uh, price splits, like that all still functions just the same as it ever was. Awesome. Um, so 
I've been briefly talking with Endowment, which does charity get charitable giving through crypto, effectively, five hundred one C threes and all that. Uh, but they settle everything on Ethereum. So if we were to do a price split during V four, where that split goes to pull together fund hosted by Endowment, we would have to have that come through Ethereum. Uh, is that doable? Totally doable. Um, you know, there's so many different ways that we can approach philanthropy. It could be, it can come directly from the pool together treasury. I mean, pool, pool together can decide to set up, let's say, you know, a USD stream to, um, um, you know, a, a donor of their choice, or sorry, a donee of their choice. Um, we could have it set automatically like a prize split on, um, you know, a prize pool that runs on Ethereum. For example, like if we're going back to the original kind of V4 idea, if, we st if we're still um, running sponsorship through a prize pool on Ethereum, then the price split can come from the sponsorship funds. So there are, are, there are, a, lot of, there are a lot of different ways we could slice that. So um, I'm not too worried about how we, might, um, how we might distribute that. What I do think is interesting, though, so when I presented the Chainlink Summit yesterday, um, something that I, because I was, I was continuing to research, I wanted to pull up all the, the prior art in terms of uh, prize link savings and, and no-loss lotteries. And the biggest one in the world is the UK Premium Bonds. And they're launching a new product that allows you to, um, when, you, when you buy into the premium bond, you select a bond and the, the um, additional money from that bond will go to a cause of your choice. So they're introducing green bonds, i.e. Um, bonds that where the 90% of the interest goes to um, like uh, climate change uh, efforts, basically. Because with the UK premium bonds, they have, <laughs> they, have, they have 203 billion pounds in assets under management, an incredible amount. Um, but 90% of the interest on that goes towards public goods. Like the vast majority, we're talking uh, 22 billion pounds per year. But soon people will be able to decide, where, do my, where does my portion go? Does my portion go to climate change? Does it go to roads, hospitals, all this stuff? Um, granted, it's very broad, it seems. And I think it's still uh, government dictated in the sense that you sort of pick a vertical and then within that they manage it. Uh, but I do think it's interesting. And it kind of reminds me of, um, I, I just like the idea of people being able to decide, okay, well, I want to deposit a pool together, but I want this fund to uh, get some of my interest. And so, again, coming back to the fact that if we start integrating these uh, philanthropic um, um, organizations, people will always win because some of their money will always be going to uh, some public good or uh, a charity of their choice. So I, I, think it's, um, I think it's something that merits a lot more research. But um, needless to say, we'll have a lot of different options as to how to implement it. I'd like to bring up uh, yeah. the infrastructure bill, if I could. Do you guys see a systemic risk for everything, basically, with what's going on with regulators? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, it's really tough to say because it seems like regulators generally go after the big actors, the big bad actors. And... The problem with the provisions in that bill is that they require, they, they, they consider all actors in the crypto space brokers, 
meaning that they have to KYC anyone they interact with. But miners are so such small scale, and um, there are so many of them, that I think enforcement would be ridiculous. Like, when push comes to shove, they're not going to be busting down doors because some 15-year-old running a miner in his basement, you know? So I'm, I, I think it's very silly legislation, but um, I'm not sure if it's actually going to make an, like a, a change realistically. The problem is, is that it, it would just mean it would make bridges into DeFi very challenging from uh, institutions. And I honestly think that is the future, is for crypto to blend with uh, traditional finance. Like it, it'll, just, it'll just take over, essentially. But there, there has to be a bridge between the two. Otherwise, we'll just have this kind of, you know, this kind of uh, black market of finance. And uh, it will never get bridged to real finance, which is not what we want. And so I think it is important to fight against this bill uh, as much as possible. At least that, that one provision for the, the KY, the, basically everyone being considered brokers, um, because it'll really allow DeFi to continue to blossom and integrate with um, a traditional institutional investors in, in finance. If I may, real quick, uh, just being a US-based human, that uh, if you are here and you're based in the US, yeah, you should definitely write your senators a quick message about your concern over it. Because regardless of the implications of it now, um, it definitely can have a ripple effect. And uh, it's, it's just one of those things to see everyone in DeFi being all about governance, but then our generation's taking a backseat on the meat space uh, governance. And I think we need to voice our concerns, especially when we have the opportunity to do it right now. Yeah, you know, thanks, JB. That's, that's a really good prompt. So I'm actually going to paste into our uh, general channel. That is the um, basically a form you can basically fill out and uh, and talk to your senator. And again, like you're like you said, this is for the uh, for Americans more than anyone else. I almost did it, but I was like, <laughs> no, I can't do it. Canadian it doesn't make any sense. Although then again, Canada will probably just follow suit. So nonetheless, you know, we're rooting rooting for you guys. Well, perhaps we should. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, JB. Um, perhaps we should transition into the swim meet at this point, unless anyone has anything else they'd like to add. All right, let's do it. Who's leading the swim meet? Whoever starts the first question. <laughs> as well, guys, might as well give you a pull-up code, I guess. So, pull-up code is firepool, all one word. Isn't that for the swim meet, though? That's for both. Oh. That's what you believe. Well, the word is out there. Let's do okay. it. Fire but, pool. You know, maybe, yeah. Maybe next time I'll save it till after. My bad. Thanks, Hoops.
an idea. Um, something kind of so you. I know that people a lot have talked about like they want something to come with holding tickets long term. I kind of thought about like what if we kind of mimic Zapper requests in that you got XP for holding tickets and you could come sign a transaction to get the XP every week. And then if you like leveled up, this could kind of bring another use into the NFT pool. Maybe we could instead create some NFTs and give them to people who level up or reach certain levels after holding tickets for a certain amount of time. I don't know what comes into delivering something. I, I like that idea. Um, just to plug V4 a little bit more as well, because <laughs> I can't resist is that with v4 we'll be able to track your historic balance of tickets as well that's kind of one of the core um, um, mechanics of the system and so you will be able to see okay how much how many tickets have they held in the past like you know three months or something um so we'll be able to do that if you do want and then based on let's say you know perhaps there's different tiers if you've held 500 tickets then you get a certain nft and you can mint that um, if you help more than that, you get like a gold one or, or what have you. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely be able to do that with the V4. Would it be possible to try and do that nearer launch? Because that could be a cool way to kind of bring people up to speed and get them to move into V4. Yeah, yeah. Um... Fully realizing that no is probably the answer because you guys have a ton on your plate. We do. I'm just wondering if there's a way that we can publish the code for that contract so that someone else can build something against it. Because that would probably be the best. And and honestly, that's that's something we, we need to continue to improve. And I'd like to continue working on is continuing to build our developer ecosystem. Something that something we haven't we've kind of like swept under the rug or at least haven't really talked about is um, um, basically the RFPs and product specs. Um, I went back and looked at, um, so, so the consultancy that I ran, the Delta Camp beforehand, um, we have a bunch of uh, like basically proposals that I was looking through. There's a ton of like client specific stuff in there though. So I was like, I, can't, I don't really wanna publish this, but what I could do is kind of scrape the structure and then um, offer to you guys like how I was uh, designing scopes of work basically. Sometimes with UX, sometimes with user stories, technical specs, um, different different pieces, um, because then you could see how uh, we put together proposals. So I think that'd be useful because then the community can start to put together a real spec and then ideally draw in some of the developers. I know that I think it was earlier this week or last week, another developer popped in the channel and be like, hey, I'm a dev, like, what should I build? And to be able to point them at like a, a product spec and have them build it, um, I think would be really... Uh, really useful but but there are a lot of developers that they just want to build but they don't know what to build and they don't have any domain knowledge of pool together you guys are the experts you guys know what pool together needs and to be able to put together and articulate those needs so that you know any randos can come in and fulfill them i think will be really powerful um so helping you guys articulate that i uh, i definitely want to tackle that so i'll continue to look at that in the background uh, just right now the proposals proposals are a little bit client sensitive so I don't want to make too many of them public, but what I'll, do, what I'll do is pull down the structure to help you guys out. Yeah, I think that'd be great because then we could also start developing the developer pool, so to speak, mm -hmm. and, and reach out to them and be like, hey, we have this project you did really good on. 
X project. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, was it you that were talking about um, developer mining or something like that? It was a, a cool, uh, um, had a cool ring to it. Uh, I think that, that was an article I linked to from, I think it was Hook, where it's like participation mining. Mm, yes, yes, that was it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I had talked about that as a model for us to kind of seek out participation mining as opposed to, uh, so to allocate more towards participation mining. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And we'll definitely want to figure out how to structure that because, you know, I think, again, I can't remember who, but somebody pointed out that there are people going around and um, basically offering to do dev work and then just running after they've received the upfront payment. And so uh, making sure that we can structure it to protect ourselves from anons, like evil anons, then um, I think that'll really help us out. So, and that, that, that's kind of related to participation mining. It's almost like we need to start streaming pool tokens to them, like almost have them on retainer kind of thing until they fulfill the project obligations. Um, but uh, yeah, we can map more of that out once we have uh, some specs and get the ball rolling on some devs that interact with us. Holding handcuffs made of pool tokens. <laughs> exactly. Perhaps Stabler would be a good uh, alternative for that. So like streaming funds and then if they, you know, stop working, kind of pause that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, that, and that reminds me, um, uh, Roland and I were talking about uh, a pool together operations fund. And so this would be uh, a safe that's in charge of essentially ongoing work, employ employment. Um, in particular, uh, we, we talked about it in regards to the accounting because accounting is kind of an ongoing thing. And you need to add the contracts, you need to tag, basically reconcile your transactions. And, um, and having uh, um, a sort of stream for that would be really valuable. But that applies to basically anyone that's doing active work. Even the grants committee, like imagine if instead they received a stream from the operations and then the pool grants uh, were, so the operations would manage all uh, uh, salaries essentially, and then the, um, the grants would be just a pure grants so we could track all the uh, uh, um, salaries in one place. Yeah, that's a good point. Superfluid also does it as well. Uh, RQT pointed out, and I think, um, I think they're gaining some traction as well. I've also, after using Savelier a bit, it's, it's quite simple. It's very simple. Um, you can't do things like change the rate of the stream on the fly. You have to cancel the old one and start a new one. It's, it's a little bit clunky at times, so it might be worth looking to Superfluid then. Yeah, for sure. But what we could possibly do is maybe maybe in the governance forums we can get a conversation started around uh, an operation safe and, um, and uh, basically streaming salaries and start compensating people. Um, I know that a, a vote is coming up regarding, well, I guess nobody's written about it yet, but we definitely need stablecoins in the pool grants uh, uh, program. Uh, as uh, Talis guy po pointed out, uh, the pool fluctuates so much that even even like um, like um, uh, Torgan pointed out, the pool grant started a half million, but then it dropped significantly to um, whatever it was, you know, 150, 200,000, something like that. So it makes it difficult for the grants program to predict their budget if uh, they have such a volatile token. Right, so, that, was, that was one of our biggest um, concerns. When we started seeing the pool token drop, 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 we had to be mm -hmm. a little bit more, um, you know, we had to dissect each grant more on the actual amount we were putting out. Do we have enough of this for the other upcoming grants that we have pending? 
and we had to be a little bit more frugal on accepting grants. So having USDC is definitely one of our goals. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. Andy, is that is I guess you guys are about halfway through your budget, so I guess the proposal isn't incoming too soon. Um, but I'm wondering if because we we want to cover the second half of the um, uh, of the uh, llama uh, contract, and so I wonder if it'd be worthwhile to get started on that sooner rather than later, and just kind of get ahead of that. Um, yeah, it, it's in the works already because we're approaching the end of our third month, third month, and. We have a PTIP we've slowly started drafting. It's still pretty early, but we hope to have one out within about a week or two weeks, still okay. depending on a few factors. Okay, good to know. Good to know it's in the works. Um, JD, I see you mentioned something called request. Do you want to talk a little bit to that, speak to that? Unless you don't have a microphone, you know. Yeah, the reason I pulled out Crypt.io is because... Oh, you don't have a mic. Okay. Well, um, the reason I pulled up Crypt.io is because uh, Ave used it, and uh, it seems like they've got a lot of their full steam ahead on it. Um, so, okay, you can connect the two together. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, I haven't heard of Request. There's so many different products out there, though, so many different options. Um, it's just a matter of picking one, I think. So Roland mentions that Superfluid actually has a rabbit hole skill. So it looks like we could go try out Superfluid and get some tokens as a result. So that could be a, something worthwhile to try. Then we can play around with uh, a salary uh, system, which would be worthwhile. Yeah, it's under their uh, asset management uh, skill trade. I guess it's a trade. I mean, it's one of their things that they're still working on putting together. I think it's like the Polygon Network. Superfluid, I don't remember. As RQT pointed out, it's uh, it's a skill, not a quest, so there isn't any token rewards. Uh, the skill trees are just uh, step in the direction towards making Rabbit Hole your DeFi resume, as they say. Well, I'm definitely going to take a look at Superfluid. Um, I know that they, uh, I believe they picked up um, uh, the fellow, uh, what was his name, Paul? I can't remember his name, but basically the fellow behind Sablier. So, um, you know, they definitely have the expertise on board. So it'd be worth looking into. Yeah, because it'd be great to start compensating people. I mean, a lot of people here are putting in a ton of effort and um, tipping only goes so far. Like, do we want to build a system on buskers? No. We want salaried people that actually are producing uh, professional work. And so 
rather than just going by based on tips. Tips are great for small things, um, but we need uh, something more more robust than that. Oh yeah, thanks, Mikkel. Um, the tip bot is dead today. I've reached out to the Collabland team, and they are looking into it. So um, they should get back to us when they know what's up. They've actually been part of uh, a recent festival, the First Mint Fest, for which they were building um, new tools, and so they might have just gotten bogged down in requests. Yeah. Uh, uptime in crypto land. It's a challenge, isn't it? The only thing that stays up forever are the smart contracts. NFTs also have a problem maintaining uptime recently. What do we want to do with Polygon? What pools do we need to make to get Polygon to have some pool dripped to it? What are the most used tokens on Polygon? Besides Matic, of course, that's obvious. I was going to say gas. <laughs> I know this isn't necessarily a huge help, but in the same way that I did with the Binance Smart Chain Banana Pool. We are just about to launch a wrap on, on Polygon, and I intend to do the same thing. So, so we can basically have a faucet of free banana that we can give to people that they deploy in prizes, people a couple bucks, and have them start watching like a daily or weekly prize. Oops, sorry, you were actually cutting in and out there. Um, the, the last thing that I caught was that you have Banano to give out. Um, I think your mic is kind of on and off. But um, what assets were you thinking about? You said you created some prize pools, is that right? Sorry. Somehow I'm in the middle of Toronto. An Airbnb, and I have like the worst Wi-Fi ever. Um, I have a wrapped banana prize pool on Polygon launching very soon, and I basically have a faucet of banana that we can give out to people so that they can get like micro deposits into a staked prize pool, and you know, sample out stuff and learn without having to risk any of their own funds. That's cool. So this is a staked prize pool rather than a yield source. Yeah, so we have funds that we're just distributing. And so we will just be topping up a prize and giving it away every week. And the goal will be to educate people about like a combination of Banano and Polygon and Pool together all at once by just basically giving away enough that they can deposit tickets and then potentially win a cool prize. Um, and if not, like they at least get to experience it and get the hype of waiting for a draw and stuff like that. When did you create this pool? Do you know? Because we launched the latest versions of the contracts that have the um, exploit mitigation maybe a week and a half ago or so. Um, that sounds about pretty close. Like, probably about two weeks ago, yeah. I think I launched it 
the Monday after last, it would have been not last community call of the week, the community call after that, three or four days after that. So yeah, like 11 or 10 or 11 days. Hmm. Okay. On BSC. I haven't launched the pool. I haven't launched the Polygon one. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, if you want, if you launch the Polygon one, you'll be using the latest contracts. That's good. They're all, they're all uh, tight as a drum. So that's good. Um, okay. That's uh, that sounds interesting. I mean, what is the Banano token again? I, I think you gave. So us it's a not quick a token. It's not a token. It's actually its own coin. And so we've oh. just chosen it to make like a centralized bridge where you can wrap it into a token, so that people can learn about DeFi and play around. Um, wow. Yeah, so we have our own coin that we just kind of like distribute through games and activities and stuff like that. We educate people. And so this is a fun way to do it. Teach people about DeFi. Hmm. Interesting. So you say it's centralized though? The bridge is. So the coin the coin isn't, but the bridge is because it's kind of like kind of like similar to wrap Bitcoin and stuff in a way. Oh, I see. So it's some kind of multi-sig or something like that. Yeah, essentially, like a hot wallet, cold wallet, smart contract on the smart on on the network kind of thing. But it's not. But Banano itself can't have smart contracts, so we had to get creative. Mm-hmm. See, see, interesting. What other assets would be good? It looks like thumbs up. You're 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 talking about a few assets there. Do you have a microphone? Do you want to speak to these? That sounds kind of interesting. No, no mic. That work? Can you hear me? <laughs> yep, got you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just uh, I play around a little bit on Polygon. I've, I've thought for a while, you know, I'm not a big fan of USDT. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I think of the stable coins, it's the one that sort of worries me the most. So uh, I'd love to see DAI or USDC come, for sure. I think stable coins are obviously the most popular uh, options. I think if you look at the pools on Ethereum, people like to save in in stable coins and so that's probably going to be really popular matic seems obvious to me and then something that actually has potential to grow i've always liked the idea of a pool where you can kind of go long on something you believe in and, and also have a chance to win so if you were wanting to go long quick for example i think a lot of people want to go long quick because of how popular quick swap is same with sushi um Either of those could be good. We already have a sushi pool on Ethereum, so maybe that's going to confuse people unless we change the layout to um, only show whatever um, ecosystem you're you're on. But I don't know. Those are just my thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, those are uh, those are interesting points, and I I do like the idea of having the um, the volatile asset as well. You know, like you're saying, go long. Um, we know that when we launched the Uni and Comp pools, people loved it. You couldn't do anything with Uni, and so we got a ton of deposits because you could actually it actually gave that token utility. So if there is a token out there that people love that doesn't have a lot of utility, then that seems like a really good fit. Um, now, RQT, these are really interesting graphs. So these are, looks like, token transfers on Polygon, and it's showing the, the most popular ones to the least. It's funny to see how popular USDC is, how it's just exploding. You know, something I'd like to see for V4, you know, pending cross-chain pools, is because USDC 
is so prevalent across all these different chains, to me, it would make sense to be the asset to use for these cross-chain, like the uh, cross-chain pool, um, because then we can then use the same assets across all these different chains. So I would, I would hope to save that one to an extent. Um, but there, it looks like there are a lot of options, like Rapdeath is quite popular as well. We're also somewhat limited, though, by the yield sources, because um, we do still need uh, some yield to generate a prize. And just, I'm just popping over on the Ave markets, and uh, I'll actually just po post a screenshot so you guys are all with me. So here are the Ave Polygon markets, and um, we can see that the the three top markets are Dai, USDC, and USDT. Um, so potentially we could launch a Dai pool. You know, you did mention Dai, and I do like Dai. Yeah, you know, it's it has some backing by USDC, but it is also um, a little bit more uh, uh, has a bigger basket, I guess, of collateral, and it's getting about the same as USDT. Uh, Are there other yield sources that we have in Polygon available, or is it just Aave still? Yeah, there is also. Um, oh, let's see. Oh, we have a whole list of them. Man, you know what's interesting is that there's so many forks of other yield sources. Is that they're actually usually more than we think. Like for example, Cream is a fork of Compound, and so we can actually use Cream on Binance uh, as well as Ethereum. I'm not sure if they're on Polygon. Um, I'm just gonna load up the builder in the background because um, Chuck's done a really good job at listing everything. Let's see, BSC. That's just listing, listing Ave at the moment. We have more than that, though, I'm pretty sure. I'd have to dig it up somewhere, um, uh, Roland, but I think we do have a couple of options there. No, we're not using Curve yet, because Curve is Curve is is challenging. We could potentially use it if we allow users to deposit just a single asset. Um, but, uh, oh. And... It looks like uh, Cream is available on Polygon, so we could use Cream. Um, so Cream is a fork of Compound, and they're on Ethereum, Polygon, and um, Binance. Um, but yeah, Curve, Curve is a bit more... Curve is a complicated integration. We've actually looked at it before, and we've even talked to the team. But the trick is if you try to combine uh, different assets then it becomes complicated because people could kind of arb through the pool. And so then you want to stick to one asset, but then you're kind of you're kind of losing out a little bit depending on if that asset, like when you pull it out, if you put in die and then the balance, the ratio changes and you try to pull only die out, it's just, it's not it's just not a great integration. Um, although I do really like curve. It's um, you know, we have looked into it and it's complicated. Um, yeah. And I do like oops your your suggestion for a DGen pool for outrageous yield sources. <laughs> yeah. As long as they don't lose the tokens, it's okay if the tokens are shit coins, you know. That's uh that's fine. As long as they don't vanish. Um that's that's the important thing. Then it's still technically no loss. Fair, there's uh, almost a hundred thousand users of uh, or token holders for Iron Token. 
Remember that thing. <laughs> Get them involved. What is Iron Token? I know Iron Finance. Is that yeah, it was, I think it's late. That's the that whole Iron Bank thing. The uh, the token lost its peg and went to zero. So yeah, not useful. Oh, are you thinking of titanium? Wasn't that titanium? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, titanium. titanium. Yeah, yeah. Iron titanium yeah. token. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That uh, Mark Cuban was pumping, and he was angry about losing his money. Then did a call out for regulation. <laughs> yeah. Or guy. Uh, that token has the third highest uh, token total token holders on Polygon. So, yeah, there's like. Oh, that's funny. Are they trying to rejuvenate it or something? Yeah, apparently there's a lot, quite a lot of contract activity still. I don't know what's going on there. Right. Funny. Uh, Nakamomo was asking, "Hey, how does it work if I have governance tokens in the pools? Can I still vote using these tokens?" No, you do have to claim them. So that pool drip, that APR that you're getting, you're gonna have to pull that in. And that'll actually put the tokens in your hands. And then, once you have the tokens, you can then activate them. So it occurs in two steps. Well, everyone, it's uh, my time's coming to a close. I've got to go work on a few other things, but um, I'd like to hand the reins over to anyone who'd like to continue with the swim meet. But uh, it's been great speaking with everybody. I'm really excited about what we got in store and this whole like operations and superfluid and NFTs and <laughs> yeah, thanks, Michael. Back to work on a V4. Yes, master. Back to work. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Uh, does anyone have any final questions? Oh yeah, it was Firepool, wasn't it? The the POAP code? Yes. Yeah, Firepool. Firepool. Great. All right, we'll take everybody. Really nice chatting. Thanks everyone.